I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope your week was wonderful. Um, Do I sing every time I start one of these? (laughs) Anyways, my week was pretty great. Um, We have been taking a leadership class at church and it was on uh, missions. And so that was a really neat class to take. Uh, One of the books they had uh, told us to read is called Missionary Methods, St. Paul's or Ours, A Study of the Church in the Four Provinces. And I will uh, link to that book just because I think it's an interesting read on the logistics of things and just kind of how Paul did started those churches and how all that happened so that was that's pretty neat I think you should check it out if you want um and then I've been working in the garden do y'all garden what do y'all do you probably like I feel like gardening is an old person thing like I've always wanted to say farming instead because I feel like farming is less old lady sounding maybe that's just like country hillbilly man like a picture of a man in overalls eating eggs at 5 a.m. and gardening is like an old hunched over lady with gray hair and a big old straw hat with the gloves on anyways this really doesn't matter <laughs> but i garden and me and the kid uh, me and the kids garden like what makes it gardening and farming like what's the difference between those days is it like how much land do you have I don't know. We're this is not a gardening podcast, so this really doesn't matter. Anyway, I think it is neat though, um, because like I've said a hundred times, I get winter blues and uh, get stuck inside a lot, mainly because I don't like going outside when it's cold and everything's dead. And so when spring comes and all the things start coming back alive, and it's just kind of an exciting time. And uh, then you hear you know the birds again and all that, um, and the frogs. And I think. I get impatient though at the beginning because I'm planting all these seeds and I'm just like, okay, I'm ready for everything to be like super big and overgrown and all the things already ready. Um, because I like instant gratification, but as we know, gardening is such a good metaphor with spiritual life. Uh, you, you sow and then you have to wait patiently for the fruit doesn't usually come right about so anyways if you're gardening you should tell me if you do also if you know the difference between gardening and farming and if you garden or farm what are you growing I would tell you but it's probably really boring and so that's not what this is about right all right moving on and so um the other thing is this morning um again I'm recording this on Sunday and we were driving to church and it's just it's interesting because Josie she's five right now and so every time we talk about things or somebody brings up a memory and this is before she was born she gets really bent out of shape about it (laughs) so we were talking about going somewhere um and she's like was I there well you weren't there because you weren't born yet you did all this stuff before I was born? Well, yeah, because, you know, like, not everybody or anybody lives forever in, on earth anyway. So, I don't really know how to explain that to you. But, no, you know, um, we can't wait to do everything until after everybody's born. We didn't even know you were coming, you know. And then, um, I don't know, another time we had some conversation about something. And she's like... So, I guess I wasn't alive at that time. No, not yet. Well, I mean, y'all just do all this stuff when I'm... uh, We just had this conversation. Um, 
about how the world doesn't revolve around her, right? But it is kind of, I think, made me think about how we all kind of act sometimes that the world revolves around us. And so, you know, when people make memories or they do things or, you know, just whatever the case is, somehow we feel like we should be involved or we feel slighted if we weren't or just whatever. And so it just made me um, think that it was a good opportunity to sit down and talk about how the world doesn't revolve around us. And we also had this conversation a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago, because it, you know, I don't know, I'm not a feminist, but uh, <laughs> they were, you know, we we're talking about how there's some moms who cook all the time, and they cook all the meals, and that's what they do, and they do more stuff, you know, and that's great, and that's not how our family works. My husband likes to cook, and when we first got together, that was kind of our power struggle a little bit, because I was taught that that's what you do when you get married, is as a wife, you cook, Um, and so I tried to do that, but we just ended up fighting in the kitchen a lot because he was wanting to cook, um, which is great. That's a great problem to have. Um, and then now that our kids are older, um, one of them cooks on Sunday night and the other one cooks on Saturday night and, you know, it's to help train them in that way. Anyways, just being on this tangent. So we just sat there and talked about how, like, I don't know, a woman cooking for her family all the time isn't necessarily like a spiritual thing, you know, it's just kind of whatever works out best for the family and what people, you know, agree on and, and all that kind of stuff. And I had made the comment to them that, you know, I love them, but my life does not revolve around them. And I know that sounds like a crazy mom thing to say. Um, they're my kids and I'm their mom. So I would do anything for them. And I do try to be a good steward of them. But, you know, I told them like, I'm not there to be their servant to make sure everything is, you know, cushed for them. And, you know, they get all their whims taken care of and, you know, just whatever. Like that's the world doesn't revolve around them. And their life, the point of their life is not necessarily for them to be happy. Um, Their life is to glorify God. And so, you know, the world doesn't revolve around them. Their their life and their world should revolve around the Lord. Um, so we kind of got in that conversation. And I just remember when I was younger and even not too far long ago is, you know, I was just, I was angry a lot. Um, I think there are some things in my life um, where I was, I was just a really angry individual. And so... I was mad about everything (laughs) then I assumed that everybody had a problem with me or you know just whatever and um I remember as funny as this is it was like back in the old days when Dr. Phil first came out and um I just remember there was another guy on there and he was like super angry all the time and he would get bent out of shape if you know I think in this scenario his air flight air flight flight if his flight (laughs) was delayed um and so he would cause a ruckus and all this kind of stuff and Dr. Field told him like hey you know you're acting like this was something personal towards you not like all these other people weren't affected like there wasn't a chain of events that happened here and you're acting like the world revolves around you when somebody's that angry about these situations that's like you saying the world should revolve around me I'm king of the world I remember thinking oh gosh I think I act like that sometimes um and just really kind of 
reevaluating things because I think sometimes when you're so angry, you're not necessarily thinking that the world should revolve around you and, you know, you're king or queen of the world, but you're just mad all the time. So you're finding all the reasons to be mad, but it's very selfish. It's so selfish. And so I've mentioned this book before, I think like two years ago in the podcast, um, which I cannot believe I've been doing this podcast so long. But in any case, uh, the book is called It's Not About Me, Rescue from the Life We Thought Would Make Us Happy by Max Licato. And I think this was written in 2004. It's kind of old read, but it's a relatively small book. It's super easy to read and I'll link uh, to that as well. But it's just, um, you know, the book is all about how it's not about you <laughs> and it's it's all about God. And if you just look at our culture now, and it's not even about our culture now, because if you look at, you know, humankind throughout history from the beginning of time until now, um, but especially now because I think technology spreads things way faster. And, um, and anyway, so, uh, but the whole point of, I think everybody's, thoughts and how they live their life is that my life should be all about me. I should be the center of it and it should be, you know, everything should be done to make me happy. Um, and as long as I'm happy and I get to do whatever I want and moral things should not, you know, affect my happiness. Um, you know, they kind of question morality completely. Now it's like, you just have to take a step back and be like, like, especially as a Christ follower, you know, is life all about you? Are you the center of your life? Um, and you might, you know, gut instinct be like, no, I know, I know that the world doesn't, um, revolve around me. I know that, but you might know it, but what does your actions look like? You know, do you live in such a way where you expect most things to revolve around you for your, all your needs to be met and your happiness quota to be, you know, fulfilled. What, what does your life look like? What does your action say that you believe? And, um, and, and sometimes, you know, just, we want to make God as this cute little marshmallow genie who just wants to fulfill all of our wishes and God loves us and he does, but we translate that into, so God's going to give me everything I want. Or God loves me, so God wants me to have everything I want. Um, or wants me to be able to do whatever I want. And if we look at true love from whether, you know, it's a spouse or a parent or whatever, that person's not going to give us everything we want or fulfill all of our happiness or whatever, especially if it's not for our best. And, you know, God definitely operates in, in that way, but ultimately it's you know our life is for a higher purpose not even about us you know and we make everything about us because we're humans and that's what our flesh wants us to do but God calls us to live in our spirit and to be conformed into his image and so if we're doing those things we're going to realize it's not about us it's not about our happiness and it's about something higher so I want to read some verses um Galatians 2:20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if we're crucified with Christ and we don't live anymore, but it's him, we're saying that like our old life has passed away. It's all about God now, right? And then uh, Mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 36 
And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So you just see in that verse, you know, that if you're going to live for the world and not live for Christ, you're going to gain the world's riches, but that you're going to lose your soul in the process of all that. Um, and we're supposed to deny ourselves. I mean, oh, like look around. Is anybody really denying themselves anymore? Are we doing opposite of denying ourselves? And we are saying, deny me nothing, but fulfill every everything that I want, every lust that I have. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's not even just people um, that are not Christian, but that's also Christians. And again, if you're a Christ follower, you really have to look and say, am I denying myself or am I denying myself nothing? And, um, and I don't know, just reevaluate and see what Christ wants. Cause if you're a Christ follower, you should probably follow Christ in that and not act like the world. And then Colossians 1 16 for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So again, just reiterating that everything was made for God. Um, and he loves us and he sent his son to die on the cross for us so that our sins would be forgiven and we can be reconciled to him. So he's not like dance monkeys you know I created you and you're my circus and whatever like he really you know did hard sacrifice for us so that we could be in a right relationship with him because he does love us and care about us but it's still you know this show ain't all about us you know it's about the Lord and his glory and I think sometimes we forget how holy he is I think we I think it's good to think of him as our friend and as our father because I know he wants that intimate close relationship with us too but I think that we totally also forget to reverence him and how powerful and mighty he is and how righteous and holy he is and um, so I'm going to read a couple of verses from Revelation so this is the revelation that God gave to John and this is Revelation chapter 4 verses 1 through 11, so just stick with me. Um, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, and sight like unto an emerald and round about the throne were four and twenty seats and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had in their heads crowns of gold and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God and before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. 
And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat in the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat in the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So I think that when we read passages like that, you don't have to understand everything. You might be like, what? That just raised a lot more questions. Um, but you know, just looking at that, you can see he's not just this fluffy little magical puppy who grants us um, wishes, you know. He's not like a little squishy grandpa sitting in a rocking chair. Um, he is a holy and righteous God on the throne. He is a king. And I think that if we can keep that in perspective, um, and really treat him with reverence in our life and be conformed more into his image by reading his word and by talking to him and um, by his strength and by his spirit making the choices that, that he wants us to make. Um, you know, I think that we can give him that glory and our life will even be better because he knows what's best for our life. His way is always the best way. Uh, a lot of times, if you look through the Bible, if people would have just done it his way, <laughs> you know, their life would have been better for it. But a lot of times, us as humans, you know, we don't want to deny ourselves anything. And we find that all these avenues that we take to um, glorify ourselves and to fulfill our own lust, you know, lead to destruction and hurt and pain and, you know, isolation or, you know, depression or just whatever it is. And um, I just want to challenge you guys to really get to know God better and get to really seek out who he is as king in your life to have an intimate and personal relationship with him because he wants to have that with you but to also remember that he is a king full of power and glory and he is worthy of our worship and he is worthy of our life as a sacrifice to him um in Titus 2.14, it says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. So again, when people say, hey, and I like I have personal conversations with so many people about this, and it's not even one person that's saying this kind of stuff because I, I hear it from so many people personally, which is, you know, if God is loving God, he just wants me to be happy. And God loves you. Um, and just like I tell my kids, like, I love you. I want to do what's best for you. And so this is the rule. And if you're happy doing it, great. But if not, it doesn't kind of matter <laughs> because I want what's best for you. And I think God is the same way, which is I love you. I want you to be conformed into my image. I want to forgive you of your sins. Um, and so this is what's going to be best for your life. And if you're happy doing it, great. And you have a choice not to do it, you know. Um, but the whole purpose of God is not to make you happy, if that makes sense. Um, and if y'all got questions about that, I mean, we can talk about it. I know that not everybody believes the same thing. But I just think that if you do believe the Bible to be true, um, then, you know, 
I can help you see in the Bible where it does talk about these things. All right, so now we're going to move on to the songs. Uh, so these are older songs. I think they're like 2018. So this one is by Hillary Scott and the Scott family, and it's called Thy Will. And some of the lyrics are, I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So I followed through. Somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think I may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan. When I try to pray and all I've got is hurt and these four words, thy will be done. I know you hear me. I know you see me, Lord. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. So thy will be done. And then the next song is King of the World by Natalie Grant. And some of the lyrics are, Just a whisper of your voice can tame the seas. So who am I to try to take the lead? Still I run ahead and think I'm strong enough when you're the one who made me from the dust. When did I forget that you've always been the king of the world? I try to take life back right out of the hands of the king of the world. So I'll link to the playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday. Bye.